Elina Meke Aloha, I'm Joshua Cooper, and welcome to Aloha Sustainability in Hawaii and Peace in our Pacific, the UN SDG movement in Moana Nuiakea. Today we're looking at Global Goal 14, Life Below Water, conserving and sharing the seas, oceans, and marine resources for sustainable development, an ocean foundation of all life on Earth, SDG 14, Life Below Water in our world. Healthy oceans and seas are essential to our very existence. They both cover over 70% of our planet, and we are dependent on for food, energy, and water. Humanity has managed to do tremendous damage and harm to our precious liquid resources. Going forward, we must protect our oceans and seas, eliminate pollution and overfishing. We must immediately manage and protect all marine life on our planet. Today, we're so fortunate to be joined by Iran, who will be able to share with us the exciting work that he does. Iran, how are you today? Good. I was working, uh, you know, that we developed over here in 1978, the system of rehabilitation coral reef from the coral fragments. And I just was in the water in the morning before the storm start, just to be sure everything's safe over there. But I hope to be there tomorrow morning to see if I have any damage after the storms. But yeah. Um, it's a lot to tell about the, um, you know, special rehabilitation, especially about the uh, pollution, especially about the global warming, you know, so much to say about everything. And, um, but especially, you know, I don't know how much you know, but I'm working on the communication system between uh, corals, between corals and uh, between coral to coral, because they have different species of coral, different, uh, we have a soft coral, hard coral, and all this communication happening, and how the coral, that the coral, in, like you know, they cannot move anywhere. It's mean the coral needs support, needs support by fish and invertebrates. It's mean that this is what I'm working about. For every species of coral, they have a special kind of uh, a, um, marine environments that protecting the coral. In the aquarium, it's a different story. We're the one protecting the coral, but in the ocean, it's completely different. And that it's mean that there's a big difference on uh, understanding the, um, how this uh, beautiful communication happening between coral to coral to support each other and between coral, fish, and invertebrates. It's mean this is the different things we, I'm working today about around the world, not only in the Red Sea. Um, I work in every ocean in the world especially tropical, and including Mediterranean. And other things is genetic. It's when we find these most important things is to know exactly genetic, what the coral is, from where it's coming, from where the sperm coming from, from the egg coming from, what depth the sperm coming from, where depth the egg coming from, because for the future, you have to know exactly what species of coral, if you want to rehabilitate coral reef, which species to use, you know? But for that, we need to go deeply on genetic and uh, to try to find the answers. I mean, this is the new things we try to do now to, to understand genetically. And this is the way we start to try to rehabilitate coral reef by finding these uh, answers. So far, it's very difficult. And the, the only things I found that today is just about looking the coral itself, looking, but you have a genetic color and artificial color. You can tell on genetic color, 
what species or from where what the depth they came from or from where the eggs came from and from the sperm came from and that is can give you can give me or can give anyone a more chance to put the core in the right depth and right uh, uh, current and right food because I don't know how much you know but coral have selection on food all the coral are not eating everything like people thinking every species eat different plankton or different phytoplankton and that is what is beautiful about that when a plankton move with a current that every species choose what really they need to take from the water by that they have enough food to the other species behind you know that uh, this is the perfect ocean and the ocean like you know is very dynamic and changing all the time current change food change leave a little of course the fish not staying with the coral when no food is coming there and they're living and the coral stay alone without the fish without the protection and of course they start dying but um because the ocean is so dynamic can be a few years later it can be back to life because it's nesting a tissue on the base of the coral it's mean when the coral just about to die completely and still on the last uh, two one inch of the skeleton there they have a nesting tissue and the coral came back to life on that. It's when the coral reef bit like that. If you look into the coral reef, bit like layer and layer and layer. It's in, but if you check the uh, by carbon 14, you can see that the same species was 300 years ago here, down on this layer. You can find them up to life on the, on the coral reef, up on the top. It's when the things we need to work on that. And I think they, um, if you have more sources and more people work on that and more ability to get more time there to do the research, not for one year or two years, for long term, because the only way of really understanding the coral reef and the dynamic of the ocean and the changing happening in the ocean and the food sources and how this food changing by uh, seasons, what kind of food coming from where it's coming, where it's going. All that big questions you have to really ask. And then maybe we can find the best solution, what to do, and how we can help coral reef. But oh, those, are excellent. those are excellent points, Aaron. And, and I want to ask you, why do you believe this issue is so imminent and important, looking at life below the water? Why should people understand it? You are really great at explaining coral. It's also in the Kumulipo, with the coral polyp being the beginning of all. And so why should the world be focusing more on our oceans and what inspires you to focus on our oceans? You know, the, all the sources of all the marine environments, including south with the coral. The food, there's a lot of food supplies by the coral, by the eggs, by the sperm, the uh, plankton, phytoplankton, all that feeding on, on, on help, the coral helping growing all kinds of different uh, plankton in the ocean. It's mean if you're looking for every larva or fish, every baby fish, they need to eat some kind of uh, plankton to be able to survive. And this is the reason why they have a seasoning for every species of fish and coral to spawn, because by that they can find the right food, that they can survive. It's mean all this big circle of understanding the, uh, the food supplies and how they feed in each other and all these chain food are working for every species of animal in the ocean. This is what they're beautiful about, to understand communication, to understand what's happening 
because coral, they have depending relationship. It's some species need each other to support each other to grow up. Some species is rejection, some species is hunting other coral. You know, the competition. There's so many different uh, um, uh, methods happening in the ocean that we have to see the big picture. When you, you see the big picture and you learn all that, you understand what's happening, really you can choose the right species, put them together, like a, like depending. They need each other. And if you put one next to the other one, immediately in 24 hours, you feel this connection. The core, the polyp is open, core looking beautiful. But also we have to choose the right species because it's not enough only the depending. The, the, we need also to think about from what depth the coral came from, you know, because the light is a big uh, the effectors on coral. You have to understand. You cannot talk coral from deep water and put it next to the coral on shallow water to expect except that to go to be survived. They never happen. It's make us survive because coral is so is amazing animal. They're so intelligent and they try hard to to fit themselves to the depth you put him there. Even if it's not really he, he can make it, but he can. He try. He change color. He change everything. He change the zoic santella. Change, you know, everything changing there to be able to survive. But in the end, he gave up. And this is what we're doing on the coral reef because without understanding genetically, we're losing a lot of coral after a few years. In the beginning, everything looking nice, but after one year or two years, you can see the corals are dying because of that. Because we didn't choose the right species of coral to support each other. South from that. Except that, you have to understand what kind of fish they have around. Because the fish, like I said, the coral cannot move anywhere. And they, the fish, the coral need the, the, the supporter. They need the fish, they need the invertebrates. You need all kinds of animals that live together with these species to, to support the coral. It's mean, if you not have that fish to this coral, also you not have a chance. Because there are a lot of predators in the ocean, in open ocean. And they um, and the fight the coral have to fight it with that. And when you fight that, you fight with mucus, you find with tentacles, you find with every all the weapon that he has. But slowly, slowly he gets weaker and weaker and weaker because it's nothing going to be solved because he not have the support that he needs. It's Interesting. That we, You're yeah. explaining the complex relationship of the health of the ocean that all begins with the coral. If we look at some of the major issues related to the health of the ocean, we know humanity must prevent and significantly reduce marine pollution of all kinds because of its impact on the corals, but we must also sustainably manage and protect marine and coastal ecosystems to avoid significant adverse impacts by strengthening resilience and taking action to restore and achieve healthy oceans. Also, we must reduce ocean acidification through enhanced scientific cooperation at all levels. Can you share a little bit about marine pollution about managing and protecting our coastal ecosystems, and finally also acidification and its impact and how we're moving in the right direction? Yeah, it's I mean, if you look in around the world today, they have much more information and people really taking more uh, uh, data about pollution around the world. And some places is still the pollution you know, sewage running over there, the uh, very high level of nutrient coming in and all that. But they have to understand some species of coral need this nutrient. Some other species need different things, you know. Every, if you're looking on the, on the big picture, you know, 
you find that even of the coral reef, if the pollution running there and corals start dying, you'd be surprised in 10 years if to see a new species growing over there. Different species of coral that using that pollution to survive. I'm not talking about toxic uh, chemicals. I'm talking about pollution like nutrient coming from all kinds of uh, sources, but not, of course, not uh, chemical. Chemical, coral cannot deal with chemical. It's mean that is number one issue that we have to fight against. No chemical. The um, the uh, nutrient is like I said. Some of the coral can take it. Some coral cannot take it. But the ocean is so dynamic. It's always bringing the species of new uh, 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 planulas coming from different places and take a place of coral that cannot use cannot really survive on this, say, um, a nutrient. But the species that they take in place, yes, can survive on this nutrient because they feed on this nutrient. And this is the beautiful about the dynamic on the ocean. And the ocean is perfect. You know, if you're looking, you see how the solution coming up in a few years. I'm, I'm working in the ocean since 1974. And I, in the beginning, I was diving on the, on the, on the Mediterranean, working over there. And after that, I moved to the Red Sea. It's the first ocean I started working with. And they, from there, I moved to different oceans just to study the relationship and the communication on corals. And after that, you know, from that, you start to understand what the coral really need to support each other, just by coral to coral. And after that, you start to understand that coral cannot survive without supporting from invertebrates other animals. It's mean fish or uh, invertebrates or any other things that they can support the coral. But you have a selection. But the beautiful things is they, they, they have a selection on food. It means if you, if you take a, a plankton, you have to like them. Plankton has thousands of different, uh, uh, um, I will say that, hundreds of thousands of different species of of, of plankton and phytoplankton. They're going through the food, through the current. And now, and they have to see the coral, they select, they take and dust the species of plankton, they suit to them to this species of coral. And the other one just go between the tentacles and go into the other species of coral. It's when every coral can choose really what they need to eat. And like I said, that they need to support or to understand the big picture that we cannot do a, a, any article. I did it before and I understand my mistakes today. You cannot write an article and teach that on university for years and years and years. Because soon you finish your article, because the ocean is so dynamic and it changed, you know? And you cannot really teach on the same article because it's the condition already different. And that is the four-hour problem, to put everything in frame. Ocean is not in frame. He's very dynamic and changing all the time, and those are beautiful about the ocean. It's mean for us, like human beings, we are thinking for the ocean, okay? We try to understand a lot of things on the ocean, but we're still not in the ocean. We don't understand everything because so many different factors, small, tiny factors we don't see affect all the environment in the ocean. And that is the things that I said, you cannot put anything in frame. You have to, your mind have, must to be open, your heart has to be open to understand what's going on because the activities in the ocean is huge. And that's what makes the ocean so special, you know? 
for us to look and you you learn something here and you learn something there and you put the picture together try to understand what you're seeing and you know like me i'm working all my life in the ocean and i still said i don't know much you know what i'm telling you is this is what i learned by looking and by making research but it's for short time because the ocean like i said is changing and changing and changing and totally. we love the change that we agree and being here in hawaii we know how dynamic she is and all that she does and i appreciate your humility i think we all understand how powerful our ocean is moana nuia kea here in the pacific and i know you've been looking at the oceans for decades if we look at how we're looking at science based management plans that we're looking at implementing to restore fish stocks and also supporting small scale fisher folk providing access for small scale artisanal fishers for marine resources and markets and i think what you're sharing as well is we must really increase scientific knowledge research and technology for ocean health what do you see going forward of what we can do today and what should be the priorities to take care of mother earth and so importantly our amazing oceans that provide life for us yeah first of all i think we have to create like what i said a, a core a, a fish farm it's in today because there's overfishing is all around the world it's not only in a, in hawaii hawaii is really limited compared to the to the mediterranean or to other ocean you know and they because it, hawaii itself if you're looking because everything came to hawaii from different ocean you know it's not coming from it's not created in hawaii itself it's when if you look in you know, all this uh, what you call the flooding algae you know they came from indonesia malaysia fiji coming all the way with the current to hawaii and there if you look in under that you can see you can find that a lot a lot of tiny species of coral growing over there a lot of different species of fish tiny baby fish coming with this a uh, a floating a carpet of algae and you know the coral growing holding and uh, after the growing enough they have enough uh, wet they falling down if they, the coral fell down in, in 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 the depth that it can survive it will survive if not if it's not it's not it's not going to survive but this moving all over and lay, uh, in the end they're nesting in different places in hawaii and there you can see that because this is the reason we not have many different species of coral also we not have a different many different species of the uh coral coral fish it's mean that this is a we have a lot of it because it is a new island this is a, is a, a younger island i think in the world and this is the reason we not have that sources it's mean you have to be very careful what really we 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 collect we have very difficult we have to make sure that what we collect we have to return back and because not many predators this is what the beautiful about the coral reef in in hawaii in in the reef we not have many groupers or or many uh, a, um, a a a snappers is not enough it's a, the snapper we have is quite small it's mean we we if you if you create like a um, a hatchery to raise fish to raise tropical fish and put them back in the ocean they have a good chance of this fish to survive but of course of course they have to choose the right spot they have to choose they have to check the food supplies over there to be sure they have enough food for these species you know this but only the species are already 
stay in there, no there in Hawaii, not bringing in a new species that is not there. Because they create competition, it does create a lot of a uh, disaster in the ocean. We don't want, we don't want that. But the species we know already, like we're doing today on this uh, uh, yellow tan, they're raising yellow tan, they're raising uh, different species of angelfish. It means that really you can uh, put back in the ocean and and support the ocean because they have to understand, like I said, coral need fish. They need need a different species of fish to really survive, to help the coral grow. And the other side, the coral gives protection to the fish. It means this is all working together. But if we put in, like I said, opening hatchery to to spawning fish and put them back in the ocean, this is the way to go. And all about the coral, like I said, if you not study genetically, the species is, is not going to work. It can work for a short time. It can work for five years or maybe six years, and slowly, slowly, this coral is going to die because you didn't check genetically. Genetically is number one. You have to go and check. They have to need to check gen- genetically. The only the method we have today on the, to test the coral genetically is very limited. The, nobody really put all this energy to study genetically to understand from where this coral came from. But like I said, I find just this by color. I can tell the color. I can tell, you know, guessing what depth this coral can go, you know, but it's just guess because the color gives you some kind of information, but not the only information. You have to find the tools, how we can check genetic on the coral. And when the coral is healthy, and the fish is right there, and the coral is going to grow and be beautiful. In in Hawaii, we are lucky because not much pollution, just when it's raining or something like that, it's a mud going in the ocean and all that. But this is what I'm saying, because the coral needs support, the fish. The fish waving the coral to take away dust, take away mud, take cleaning the coral all the time. Then this is about beautiful, and this is about the communication, coral, fish, and vertebrates all together. And that, you know, this is all the secret. No, and that really does show the symbiotic relationship between the species that you're sharing with us. And then it allows us to get a greater sense. And what we're looking at as we're closing is, we know we must implement and enforce international law related to our sea. We also know the ocean absorbs around one-fourth of the global annual CO2 emissions, but also produces oxygen for every other breath we take. Can you share with us a bit? on why we must really take care because our ocean, the world's largest ecosystem is definitely endangered and we must enhance the conservation and sustainable use of the oceans and our resources by implementing international law as reflected in the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea. Yeah, like I said, it's mean what really affect the ocean dramatically is the chemicals. That must be stopped. Now, other things you have to understand this is the oil. Now, oil, people, nobody want to talk about that, but we know already, you pumping oil, we're pumping oil. And what replaced the oil? The oil replaced the seawater, okay? And what happened is the weight of the oil is different than the weight of the seawater. And we don't, nobody talk about that, but the globe in the future is going to move a little because the balance is changed. When the balancing change, and this is what you see, it means some what, what used to be a, 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 a desert come to be oasis. When they come, what comes to be oasis come to be a desert. It means because the globe is changed a little bit. 
have to change one of the billion, billion of degrees, it's be enough. It's meant that all this affect what we're doing to the ocean, you know, that because it, like a human being, we don't really think too long. We don't think, we think for the short time. We think for money. We think for force sources. We don't, now we come in to think all alternative energy. That's fantastic. Maybe you can use that to replace the oil. And slowly, slowly, I know that all the world try to go and find a solution how really we can help the ocean. And this is, you know, this is just examples what we're doing to the ocean here. It's as if to see the big picture. Big picture is every place in the world because the ocean is connected, you know, everything moving. Sometimes take takes 100 years, but everything is moving, is dynamic and moving all over. It's made you cannot really put the finger on, and also fish moving from one ocean to the other ocean. You cannot decide that this emigrate fish get to this ocean and you go to kill them. Because it's an, if they're coming on a natural way by this carpet of algae or by the current, you cannot, it's not emigrate. It's something, it's not a, uh, it's not that is cannot kill the fish if coming with the current or coming with the plankton, coming with different sources, you know, because it's the way of the ocean um, move around. And how is this current moving animal from one ocean to the other ocean? And this is this one saying, you think we're thinking like human beings, you know, thinking like what is the ocean about? You know, the ocean is huge amount. This is huge the uh, what you could call a water volume that all connected, you know, and the current moving everything. You go with the current, you go with the storms, you go with this um a uh, a, a, a deep water a, a, a energy coming from the from the from the bottom of the ocean and coming up to the surface and the plankton how the plankton so the uh, selection is some plankton living in the sand, some plankton living in the water, how this change in nighttime or daytime, you know, this all kind of food sources coming and going. But everything, everything going and coming with the current. It's mean this one time, the current is number one. And when you see all this connection, is it current number one? How things moving around. Now pollution also move with the current. It's when you have to really be careful in what we're putting back in the ocean or what we're doing to the ocean and why it's... That does reinforce exactly what we're looking at because we see in paragraph 158 of the document, The Future We Want, that the legal framework for conservation and sustainable use of oceans and the resources is the law of the sea. But we also know there was a recent high seas treaty. Could you briefly share in our closing minutes what the High Seas Treaty is and why it's so important as we look at the future of life below water? Absolutely. I mean, if you look in, the, the fauna of the sea is, like we said all the time, we, we think is by itself, but it's not. We get in all our oxygen, a lot of oxygen coming from the sea, a lot of uh, CO2 going by the... The, 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 the algae, the seaweed, everything taken, all the zooxanthella even, taken from the, from, the, from the atmosphere and release up oxygen. The forest doing the same thing in different way. It means everything is working together. This is all the globe, you know, working together like one, in, in one, like your one hand. They're supporting each other 
just to be able to create a balance in this globe. But like I said, the, is this balance change? It means by us, by pumping so much oil, it means we we doing we destroying our, our life, we destroying the world, we destroying the oxygen. We're not taking the CO2 to balance the atmosphere. You know that everything is working together. You know that you cannot really avoid anything, any factors. And they said, okay, I focus only on that. You must to see the big picture. You must to understand what you're doing. You must to understand to learn and study exactly what's happening here in the ocean and what the ocean tried to tell us. It's, I mean, this is what we need to open. We need to open our heart. I think you have to think from our heart and put it in our brain, you know, the brain, like a hard disk. You can get all this information. And after you can put it on your computer, you know, but you have to be very flexible to understand this can be changed. And change very fast. I think as we look at this in conclusion, it really is opening our heart and then making sure that we dedicate ourselves to preserving and protecting our ocean as we go forward. And we know you'll be on Maui uh, later this month. And we want to thank you for your decades of research and to continue educating us about the importance of the coral polyp that's experienced and expressed in the Kumulipo, all the way to all the changes that we see. And we will look forward to learning how to take the new knowledge from the High Seas Treaty, the Beyond Borders and National Jurisdiction, to make sure that SDG 14 is actually thriving in the 2030 agenda of the UN. Thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you later this month. Aloha. Okay, much for everything. Aloha, my friend. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo.